Hi. 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 <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. It's been so long since we've done this. I know. I can't believe we're like finally doing it. I finally know. got my butt in gear and read a book and wrote some poetry and shit. You know, it's all did good. some research. It's, we. I can't believe you researched. I did nothing of the sort. As soon as this book was over, I threw it across the room and picked up another <laughs> book so I could forget about this book. Were but you like, mad about a good it? Way. Were you, wait, 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 I, wait. Did you guess the, the plot twist? Because I did. I did. Okay. Uh, I did, but I couldn't, I was mad at myself because I couldn't figure out how. Like, mm, okay. I was like, I bet, but I like, I couldn't figure out like the mechanics of how he did it. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, um, this is Read Between the Vines. I'm Chrissy. Hi, that's welcome. That's Jackie. Um, this week, this month, I guess, we are reading The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, a Hercule Poirot mystery by Agatha Christie. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, um, it's been a while since we recorded. It is. <laughs> um... We are learning to cope with everything that's going on, as you are as well, and that takes the form of us taking time for other things. Yeah. And it's so, important for self-care. So the, po- the format of the podcast has changed just a little bit. Instead of posting, like, two episodes a month on, like, first week and third week, we're kind of just posting as, as we can. Um, and... We are also doing um, a special feature on um, black poets throughout history. So we're still going to be doing some episodes where we pick a poet and we emulate them. But rather than trying to uh, add our voices to that mix, because it's neither of us um, are black, neither of us, we we don't want to insert ourselves into that narrative. So we are going to be using this platform to kind of showcase the... uh, the voices throughout history that you might not have heard. Um, so first episode's going to be like poets of the 1700s and 1800s. And then I think it's going to be five or six episodes. It's going to be a little mini mini series that we're doing. Um, and we also have a couple resources up on our website now on a permanent black lives matter page. So make sure you go to read, uh, read between the vines blog and check it out. There's a lot of actually a lot of website updates that we did. So check that out too. Um, we're working on getting, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We're, um, this is very true. We are also, so we have the history of like all of the different books and the wines that we read and drank (laughs) so much, so much for well said, but, um, read and drank. Um, and then we're also working on getting our Goodreads reviews up. I'm slacking on that because I haven't actually reviewed all of our books yet, so I need to do that. <laughs> Which, good. it's just hard because, like, some of them we read over a year ago, and it's like, yeah, I have to sit and think back to how I felt and what I, you know, my thoughts on the book, and I, I guess I could re-listen to, to these like, episodes, but, you know. Or, like... I, I thought about doing that, and I was like, that's, like, a lot of time, and frankly, I'm just not going to do that. But it <laughs> helped me to review my notes that we took. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. Because then I had, like, my overall thoughts, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 Because there was going to be, there was one day that I, like, I sat down, I was like, awesome, I'm going to crank all of these out, I'm going to put them on the website, and I got through three, and I was like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So. I think I was doing, I, I think when I did mine, I just 
was avoiding other work, so I was more motivated to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like, a, I have to do it. It was like, a, what can I do other than my thesis? And Fair. And shows this. See, I, when I do that, I just revamp the entire website, so... Which, there's some, like, new layouts on the old existing pages, and there's some, like, new pictures up, and there's lots of things, so make sure you check it out, because I'm really excited about the website updates. So, okay. speaking of murder... <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, all those people like skip, 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 skip. Alright, stop. Alright, skippers, stop skipping. (laughs) (laughs) Um We are reviewing The Murder of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie. It's Agatha Christie Month. Or it was. It is. It was. We're a little late. Sorry. It was? I don't know. We are drinking Educated Guess, a Napa County Cabernet Sauvignon. Um which I mean, it's a murder mystery, so you make an educated guess about who did it, mm-hmm. who done it, mm-hmm. um, who done it. So the, the wine is really cool. Yeah, it's it's like um, it's like chemistry. It's like yeah, it's uh, like drawings on a chalkboard, like someone's trying to figure out an equation and like make an educated guess about stuff. So you want me to read the back? Yes. All right. So educated guess, Napa County, two thousand seventeen Cabernet Sauvignon. Why educated guests? Have you ever found yourself in a wine shop or restaurant perusing the wines and wondering, how do I choose the best wine for the money? You may admire a label, recognize a name, or recall a great review. In essence, you're making an educated guess. This is exactly what goes on in the vineyards and wineries around the world. When should we pick the grapes? Should we barrel age in French oak? Will our customers like the package? We use our knowledge, intuition, and years of experience to make the best possible decisions. However, at the end of the day, it still remains an educated guess. At Roots Run Deep Winery, we have done the guesswork for you. This Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon is the richest, ripest, and most complex Cabernet... I'm... Oh, Cabernet, you can buy for the money. Sorry. I was like, I started that line over again, and I read the most complex Cabernet, 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 so I was like, wait a minute. Um, Richest, ripest, and most complex Cabernet you can buy for the money. So don't settle for less. Buy educated guests. I never finished reading the label when we were in the store. I didn't know it rhymed. It rhymes. So, yeah, it is... It's supposed to be dry. It's a red, and that's the two things we were going for. Yes, and um, the and label just was perfect and complex, and you know, yeah. I think it. You want to talk about it? You Let's wanna... try it. Yeah. Mm. I like now, it more than I thought I would. I like. Oh, good. I didn't it's think very... I was gonna like it. It's certainly dry uh-huh. it's got like it's like dark fruits like blackberries plums raspberries yes. yeah and also like a little bit smoky yeah right there in like right before the fruit pretty high tannic oh. tannins too because it's like yes my tongue's like <laughs> what's happening um and it's it lingers the flavor lingers i'm feeling it in my nose you know i I don't know, but <laughs> I hope that that is a good experience for you. It is. Well, I don't know if that's like a, I've been a little congested because I haven't been taking my allergy medicine. So mm-hmm. like when I drink dry reds, dark reds, I always feel it like in my nose and my sinuses and stuff. I'm enjoying it. I think it's good. Good. 
This so, is, I think, actually one of my favorite wines that we've chosen in the last year and a half. I think so, too. We've not been on a good run with the wines. Not recently. So, um, maybe, I'm, maybe, maybe because we spent a little bit more. I don't know. We did spend a little bit more. Let me see if, um, I'm gonna pull up our I website. I love the way it coats your mouth, and mm-hmm. it, this is a sipping wine. This is not a have-with-dinner wine. This is like a sit in front of the fireplace see, with a book wine. I would, okay, yes, but also I would love this with, like, a nice steak. You would? I would. I think, for me, it is too heavy to pair with food. Like, it would be too much. See, just too much. what I like about it is that because it's got such high tannins, it would Mm. really cut through, like, if you got, like, a really well-marbled steak, like, with the good Mm -hmm. fat in it, it's going to cut through that fat. It's going to make every bite of steak taste like a first bite, and it's going to be so good. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Um, and this, you know, this book would totally go well with a marbled steak and this wine. Actually, yeah, it really would. Like, with some, like, <laughs> nice fine cutlery and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just pulled up our, like, what we've been drinking. We had the Apothic Sparkling Wine that we did not like. The... Yeah. Bogle Phantom Red Blend. I don't remember liking that one either. Although I think that one went well with the book. That was Dead Girls Club. It went well with the book, but it wasn't our favorite one. I do right. remember that. Um, the Watermelon Sangria, which was probably the worst thing I've ever had in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, that was awful. But we did pay $7 for it. So, like, what were we <laughs> I mean, it went with the book, though. It, like, it matched the You're book. Right. And then um, we had the Sauvignon Blanc aged in um, the tequila barrels for Devil in the White City. I actually really that liked good. that wine. That was a really yes, good wine. That was a good one. I would buy that one again just to drink. Um, yes, and absolutely. then the, the Vampire Merlot from Twilight. So good wine. I like the wine. Good choice. Yes, this is excellent. I really like this. I won't I have buy this for my damn self. I won't have to. Um... Okay, what do you want to start with? You want to start with overall thoughts? You want to start with quotes? You want to. Uh, um, I think we should read the back of the book, probably. Okay, you do it. All right. The murder of Roger Ackroyd, Agatha Christie. Roger Ackroyd knew too much. He knew that the woman he loved had poisoned her brutal first husband. He suspected, also, that someone had been blackmailing her. Then, tragically, came the news that she had taken her own life with a drug overdose. But the Evening Post brought Roger one last fatal scrap of information. Unfortunately, before he could finish reading the letter, he was stabbed to death. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that is the whole that's the whole thing that's the back <laughs> that's that's the back um and obviously like you guys know how we feel about agatha christie this was gonna be an amazing book regardless yeah she is um, as the front of the book says the queen of mystery <laughs> where does she oh yeah on the top <laughs> that. queen of mystery we have the same um, uh, um edition this time so that's nice. yeah thank goodness and so, so does Casey. She read it, um, she actually read it, like, in time for us to, like, record. Yes! I'm gonna actually read it. And she read it, and she gave me, like, all of her, um, reactions as they were coming, and it was hilarious. <gasps> yes, but... I love it. Yeah. I, um, so. I guessed the twist. Like we talked about at the beginning, I guessed the twist. I was with you, though. I didn't know how he was gonna do it. But I did, okay. I did have an inkling that he died sooner than they thought. That I... How did you figure that out? I don't know, but I... Okay, so I have... Um, let's see. Before you go into this, do you want to give a quick overview of what the book is? 
Sure, sure. Um, so the book is told from the perspective of the town doctor, Dr. Shepard. Um, and he has a sister named Caroline, who's kind of like the town gossip. And he lives next door to Hercule Poirot, the famed detective. He doesn't know who he is at the beginning, though. He's, like, in retirement. And which I feel like every single frickin' Hercule Poirot mystery starts with, like, I came out of retirement to do this. It's like, okay, are you sure? (laughs) I've, I've... Um, I don't know, maybe that's just, like, my own bias, but, um, anyways, so it's told from the point of view of the doctor, who was, um, he knew the, uh, what's her name, Mrs., uh, what's his, what's Roger Ackroyd's, Mrs., uh, who, what's the, Mrs. Ferreira? Oh, yeah, Ferreira. It's Ferreira, right? isn't her husband. Yeah, it's, it's Ferrar's. Ferrars, that's why. I know someone named um, Ferreira, like the last name Ferreira, so it must have autocorrected her last name. Gotcha. Um, I was like, I don't think Ferreira's right, but um, um, so he treated her and he was good friends with Roger Ackroyd, the guy who dies. And so um, by nature of the fact that he's like next door neighbors with the detective and also was friends with the people who died, he kind of becomes Hercule Poirot's um, like right-hand man kind of thing. And so he takes down his notes of, like, how Poirot does, um, investigates and everything. And Poirot is hired by Roger Ackroyd's niece, Flora, who is like, I know him. I know what he does. He can figure it out because Flora is engaged to Mr. Ackroyd's son and he's disappeared. And she's like, I need you to find the truth. And even if that implicates... Ralph, I need you to find the truth, because, like, I need my life back, kind of thing. Um, so there's a couple different characters. I'm sure Jackie has a list. Um, you know I do. <laughs> and, and so you go through the book, and, and little nuggets kind of appear here and there. They go, they, of course, go back to the scene of the crime, and then, actually, the first part of the book is, like, before the crime even happens. And then they go back to the scene yeah. of the crime, and then they're like, oh my god, who killed him? How did they do it? And it's pretty much just a bunch of interviews from then on and um Mm -hmm. turns out drum roll the doctor did it (laughs) (laughs) so i called okay this book is like what 300 books i called about a third of the way through page 117 and i called it because the book really reminded me of knives out the movie and in Knives Out, oh. the girl who thinks, yeah. like, the girl who's central to the story is like, it was me. I killed him. And now I have to be, right. like, the sidekick and, like, help the detective so that he doesn't know it was me. I totally did not see that parallel, although it's so true. So I was like, well, may- I, I literally wrote, this reminds me of um, Knives Out. Maybe Flora killed him. Maybe he killed himself. Fuck, maybe the freaking doctor killed him. <laughs> and, and then nice. I was like, oh, I think I, I think I got that. And then I wrote down a quote about 50 pages later that says, the person who speaks may be lying. And I was like... Huh. 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 Unreliable narrator. Huh. So You love an unreliable narrator. It's my favorite. I love unreliable narrators. So that's um that's the story. So it's it's kinda like at the very end the doctor kills himself rather than going to jail. But he's like, 
I wrote this manuscript so that you guys would know what really happened. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. Did I miss anything? Do you want to give us a rundown of the characters? Sure. Here we go. Um, I'm going to skip some of the ones that frankly don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Ferrars is the one who poisoned her husband and killed herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she opens up the book. You have Dr. James Shepard, who is the narrator and the murderer. Caroline is his sister, and she's, like, the town gossip. Like, she knows everything somehow, somewhere, and is always up in people's business, and I love her. You have Roger Aykroyd, who obviously is the person who's murdered in this book, and he's the owner of Fernley Park. He's just, like, the super rich, well-known guy who has servants and parlor maids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Russell is Roger's housekeeper, and she is also... Sorry, I should have made a chart. I didn't. Um, There's lots well, of hidden I'll, connections between the characters. Yes. yes. Um, Parker is Roger's butler, who the whole time acts, like, really sketchy, Shady. but he actually is fine. Yeah. Um, Raymond is Roger's secretary, who also was, like, in the right place at the right time, but is also fine. Um, you have Ralph Patton, who is Roger's stepson, who is engaged to Flora Aykroyd, who is uh, Roger's niece. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Then you have uh, Poirot, the obviously the investigator. You have Major Hector Blunt, who is Rogers's hunting friend, who also is in love with Flora. You have Inspectors Davis and Raglan, who are fucking useless. Yep. Um. You have defund the police. <laughs> you have Ur- <laughs> yes. You have Ursula Bourne, who's the parlor maid of Roger, who quit. Um. And everyone, like, she's, like, accused of having stolen money, and since she stole money, perhaps she also killed him, and blah, blah, blah. It's, um, I, yeah, they think she stole money, but also, like, she's like, oh, he thought I rearranged some papers on his desk, and right. that's Which why he just not... let me go. Right. And then you have Charles Kent, who um, is the American stranger that the narrator, Dr. Shepard, had, like, run into and was asking about, like, where Fernley Park is. So he's, like, the suspect the whole time. Um, turns out it's Charles Kent and is actually the son of Miss Russell, Roger's housekeeper. Yes. Um, so that gets a little shady in some misdirection because they, like, meet up to secretly talk and they think that they're scooting around because of the murder when, in fact, they're just dealing with their own shit. Right, because Kent is, like... He's using cocaine, and Miss Russell is like, how do I get my son to stop using cocaine? Right. Which is a really great segue to my first quote on page 14. Beautiful. Go. Miss Russell asks, drugs do a lot of harm. It's very prevalent in high society. Tell me this, doctor. Suppose you are really a slave of the drug habit. Is there any cure? And I put, hmm, why are you asking that, hunty hunty? I already was like... <laughs> I literally wrote... No way. Page 15, I wrote, dude, her questions are suspic- uh, suspicious AF. <laughs> yes. I put, um, I take it this isn't going to be a poisoning because that's way too easy, or maybe that's what Christy wants us to think, or maybe she knew that we would actually think that. Page 14, and I already have Agatha Christie brain. Yep. Yep. Um, I have a couple notes... Okay, we'll do quotes first, and then we'll come back and do, like, chronological. I only have one other... I have... So I said the person who speaks may be lying. That was page 149. The only other quote I have is actually the page right before, 148. So you go, and, like, when you get there, let me know. Okay. Page 19. 
this is when <laughs> I laugh so hard at this quote. This is when um, Mr. Doctor Shepard is like noticing his new neighbor, which he doesn't know is Poirot yet. Mr. Um, Porrit. <laughs> Mr. Porritt! Oh, amazing. Um, Page 19, he says, quote, I sincerely hoped that throwing large vegetables over walls was not our friend's new hobby. (laughs) Page 20, um, who knows the secrets of human nature better than a hairdresser? I can't argue with that, the whole... Right? Hairdressers yeah. know everything. Everything. Yep. Everything. Absolutely. You, If I ever get murdered, go talk to my hairdresser. Her name is Kel Grace. She's on Park Avenue. Got it. You heard it here, folks. If Chrissy dies, call her up. Um, page 21, I risked the substance for the shadow. I thought that was ominous as fuck. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, page 22. Okay. Um, oh, this is when we first get a little hint that Porrit is actually Poirot. Uh-huh. It says, quote, I have not even troubled to correct the local version of my name. Mm. Because, like, it's French and nobody can pronounce French. And I put, bitch, it's Poirot. How you doing, man? <laughs> I Like, it literally says that this is, like, a, a, a Poirot mystery, but I forgot about it and wasn't expecting him, so I was very excited when he appeared. Yes. And then someone was like, you know it's a mystery for him. And I was like, eh. Dang it. <laughs> um, oh yeah we haven't even mentioned that solomon recommended this book to us so oh yeah thank you thanks. solomon this is our first recommended book yeah and he did read it with us he reread it so that he Yay! could listen and like yeah i love that um, okay page 40 it has just been revealed that mrs ferrars told roger that she poisoned her husband one other person knew about it and was blackmailing her it must have been a man why? Why must it have been a man? I was like, right there. I bet you it was poison. I bet you it was a female, and I don't like Miss Russell. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I actually, I have a note about that, too, actually. Originally, I thought that Mrs. Ferrers committed, or didn't commit suicide, but that one of the other jealous ladies poisoned her. That was my first theory! <laughs> that was my, that was, that was my on page theories. 10. <laughs> oh, amazing. I, like, I have, like, in highlight, I had four theories total, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you about them as we get there. Yes. Um, my next quote is page 225, so I think you go first. Okay, so, um, mine was page 148, um, and this is about how... Poirot is, Poirot is talking, it's, it's kind of similar in, like, that he's talking about women versus men, and he says, women observe subconsciously a thousand little details without knowing that they are doing so, and I just really like it. My next quote is, num, 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 num. Said- oh, I have one more, and <laughs> it's on page 225. Okay. Um, quote, every new development that arises is like the shake you give in a kaleidoscope. The thing changes entirely in aspect. I love that. Yeah. I don't, I can't believe I didn't write that down. Um, okay, so I called that he died earlier than 9.45 on page 64. How, oh, well you said it was like just like an inkling? It was just an inkling. Um, oh, actually, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the very beginning. Page four, um, when James... Shepard, the doctor, is talking to his sister and, um, I don't know if it's his sister's the one being sarcastic or if he's the one being sarcastic. Um, but he goes, um, okay, he says, 
My sister continued, what did she die of? Heart failure? Didn't the milkman tell you that? I inquired sarcastically. Sarcasm is wasted on Caroline. She takes it seriously and answers accordingly. And I just wrote, what a good way to piss someone off. Just pretend all their sarcasm is genuine. Just like... It's true. I love it. I'm going to do it. Um, and Man, then... That would, piss, that would piss a lot of people off. I know. I know. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So I had my first theory on page 10 was that Mrs. Ferrers did not commit suicide but was poisoned. And my second theory was on page 12, and that there was more than one Ralph. I don't know why I thought oh, there was okay. more than one Ralph. Okay. Um, and then I have page 28. I said they're setting up Ralph like he's the murderer, but I'm pretty sure we all know better. Um, because he's, like, their prime suspect all the way through, and it's like, right. clearly it's not him. Stop it. Like, right. it's not him. Um, and then page 64. Let's see what's happening on page 64. Um, okay, so page, end of 63, it says, um, we know someone was with him at half past nine. If that visitor turned up as soon as he left and after he went, Mrs. Ackroyd came in to say goodnight. Well, he wouldn't be able to go on with the letter until close upon 10 o'clock. Um, so I, they're like, oh, he must have died around 10. And I was like, he definitely died sooner than that. Like, I didn't know who did it, but I thought, I thought Flora was covering for whoever did it. And that when Flora was like, yeah, I talked to him at 945, um, she was like uh, covering for Ralph or covering for whoever she knew that did it. That was like, mm -hmm. he'd already been dead. And so she was trying to give like a different time of death on purpose. We know later that that's not actually what happened, that she was actually stealing the money that they accused Ursula of stealing, but... Um, oh, that whole storyline reminded me of Emma, actually. Um, yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, I got annoyed with Caroline. I was like, bitch, keep your nose to yourself. Um, <laughs> my first theory was that Roger committed suicide, like Knives Out. Like, sort of like Knives Out, because he knew what... Hmm. In the, within the bottles, mm -hmm. and that Roger was framing somebody for his own murder. Hmm. But then I quickly changed to theory two, which is that, um, m oh, no, I lied. Mine was close to your first theory, but my theory was Mr. Ferrars is not really dead, and he murdered Ackroyd for getting together with Mrs. Ferrars, because they Whoa! had- Whoa! That would have been an interesting yeah. twist. Right? Um, that is that is you using your Christy brain. I love it. Rah, I know, right? It was like, they're not really dead. <laughs> and then, like, page 110 is when they find the wedding ring with the F yes. on it. I, I put, like, I was like, the wedding ring is probably Flora's. Um, I think that the reader, or the reader was supposed to think it was Mrs. Ferrar's from Roger. Mm -hmm. it's just, it just says from R. Or mm -hmm. 2F from R or something like that. So I called that it was Flora's from Ralph. Mm. But I couldn't figure out why that was important. I thought maybe, because that lends a hand to Flora covering for Ralph when she was like, oh, I checked on him, you know? Yeah. Wait, so one, 110 is where they find it? 110. Oh, it yeah. just says from R, March 13th. Yeah. So, so it doesn't like, say to anyone. Think... Right. Interesting. But since it was R, it either had to be Ralph or Roger. Around I, those, I guess that it was our around that time. I I have a note that is like, okay, Flora didn't want to marry Ralph though. Um, I you that's like she's having a conversation with Blunt, 
and you're like, mm-hmm. mm, she's they love not, each other. She's not into Ralph. She's into yeah. you, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, and it's pretty clear at that point that Blunt is into Flora, but like, it yeah. seems like she might be into him, but like, it's not 100% clear in my opinion. Maybe I was just blind, but, um, they end up together later. So, oh, I thought it was super bold of Flora to announce her engagement to Ralph, like, in the middle of everything. Uh, yeah. That that was a little suspicious to me. I was like, what's the goal? Like, yeah. it wasn't to try to take attention away from him. Like, if he did it, don't you think I would know? Or something like that. I couldn't figure out what, though. I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to, like, save her honor, save his honor, something like that. I did call... I actually called two things that I was pretty proud of. One was that I knew when they visited a woman named Mrs. Foliot to check on Ursula's past work history, I knew that they were related. I put Mrs. Foliot is either Ursula's mother or sister. That's why she won't give answers about where Ursula was before. And that ended up being oh. true. I didn't and know that I they were related, called... but I knew that there was something fishy there. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't think she worked related. here, but like they're, they're covering for her somehow. The only reason I thought that is because there was a... Maybe I can find it, but Poirot was talking about how they had the same face shape. So I was like, well, he didn't just say that for no reason. So I figured they had to be related. Interesting. Um, uh, (gasps) Whoa! Hang on. 164. 164. Oh, yeah. Okay, so while you're looking for that... Page 129, how I knew, he said, she flung up her head in a gesture that was vaguely familiar. And that was like, oh, she must be related to. Gotcha. Um, parlor maid. Ah, okay, this is page 164. Um, do you have anything before that, before I I say this? No. Mm -mm. Um, so this is when, okay, so Poirot and... Uh, Dr. Shepard have just finished interviewing Mrs. Ackroyd, and then um, they're leaving and they run into the parlor maid outside. And the parlor maid is Ursula. And it's, she says, um, excuse me, sir, is there any news of Captain Patton? And I shook my head, looking at her inquiringly. He ought to come back, she said. Indeed. Indeed, he ought to come back. And I wrote, I bet Ralph is getting it on with his parlor maid. <laughs> Oh, and he was. That would make sense. He was. Yeah. He was. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, they were married. The she said that makes sense. Yeah, he should come yeah, back. Yeah, they secretly got. Ooh, they secretly got bomb. married. That was. That's the yeah. Emma. That's the Emma thing that I was. It's like um, Churchill and uh, what's her name, Miss Fairfax, Jane Fairfax. Miss, yes, Fairfax. Um, that yeah, the they're like marriage. secretly engaged the whole time and and really secretly ralph and ursula have been married for a while Mm -hmm. which like whoa whoa i he totally should have told flora like they should have yeah he should have been like she would have been in she she would have protected that secret she would have been in on it so there's my dog yeah so it turned i love flora i thought she was really cool um, yeah. she's like, look, I gotta do what I gotta do. If I gotta steal 40 bucks, I'm gonna steal 40 bucks. It's like, Listen, I mean, I maybe can't... that's not why I should idolize her, but like, <laughs> <laughs> she just, she's like, look, I do what I gotta do to survive. And, but I also have honor and I'm trying to make sure that I follow my heart and also don't die. And, and it works out for her. She gets to be with the man she loves mm-hmm. and she's not poor. She, 
is not poor. Yeah, and he guards her, her honor. Yeah, he guards her oh, honor. Oh, her poor mother. Her yeah. poor fucking mother is going to have a conniption. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um... The other thing I called that I was pretty proud of was on page, like, two between 210 and 228. Okay. So, if you have anything. Um, the only thing I have is page 184. I want to know how to play Mahjong. I had no I idea what they were Mahjong. talking about. Oh, you yeah. Do? I know, because I, I have a Mahjong set. My family loves it. Yeah, with, like, the chow and ping, and that's all, like, those are actions that you do. It's a lot like rummy. You have to, you just get sets and runs. And, like, if you're picking up a card for a set, you say pong, and if you're picking up for it a run, you say chow, and... You have to teach me. all of, like, the... Oh, I will totally teach you. It's so much fun. Because for me, it's, like, I've played, I've played, like, the online mahjong where you, like, make matches, and you have to be kind of strategic about what you match so that you uncover other things. But, like, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot like cards yeah. that you can play a bunch of different types of cards. You can yes. play a bunch yeah. of different types of mahjong. So it was like, I was, I was sitting there, I was expecting, but then all I could think of was, um, the, the, uh, the scene in, um, crazy rich Asians crazy where Asians. she's like, and like, that's exactly slamming the tiles yeah. everywhere. So that's what I was picturing. But like, I don't know the rules of that game. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, Mahjong is great because it's, like, just like in Crazy Rich Asians, you can use it as a power. Like, you can, like, wide stance, like, power play Mahjong and be like, I'm the real bitch up in here. So it was, like, really well done for the book. Oh, like, my God, it I love sense. it. Okay, good. Um, that's it. That's all. Oh, and then I had another note on 188 that said, I still say that ring is from Ralph and he gave it to the maid. So I called. Did you ever find out? Can you remind me? It was, it was Ursula's ring. It was Ralph Ursula's. Ralph gave it okay, to Ursula, right. yeah. Got it. So I called that um, one. I have like four notes about them. Just like I'm pretty sure this is happening. So apparently well, I had it. I I didn't call that one. I called that one. I called I called Flora ending up with Blunt. Yeah. I, I at least was hoping for it. I called Shepard being the murderer, but I didn't know how. Um Yeah, I think that's I think those are the only ones that I saw coming though. The other one I saw coming was Charles Kent, who, as a reminder, is the I did not. Stranger. I had no idea where that was. That tie-in was. I I was so. Fu- I literally. I I put um page two ten quote. He went to Fernley because he was born in Kent, and I put um because they do this. Sorry, I had like five things in my head. He was <laughs> born in Kent, which is what I was like. Kent is an illegitimate son or long lost nephew, is what I called mm. because it is common. For if you are Ill- if you're illegitimately born and you're technically like a bastard, you take the name of the place you were born. So like John Snow, he's named ah! Snow because he's born in Winterfell, but he's technically we learn he's supposed to be John Sand, right? Because he's Targaryen. So like you take on the last name of where you were born. Ah. So I-, I called that he was an illegitimate son, and then I put boom, called it. I'm the fucking FBI. And I pasted <laughs> like <laughs> I pasted the Kim Kardashian or his her mom's um face where she's like I'm gonna call the FBI oh my god I love it that was what I was proudest of mm. um and then theory three I formed around chapter 21 I put I no longer think Florida ha- Flora had anything to do with the murder although I never really suspected her in the first place theory three we live in the matrix and none of this is real <laughs> that was my third theory <laughs> I love it um when did we get to theory four Right after this next thing, okay. I put 
what are the fucking chances that Agatha Christie is fucking with me and it really was Ralph that killed Roger? Uh-huh. Like, she sets it up so that we shouldn't believe it, but it actually was true. And like, right? Like I everything's died. so obvious that it can't be, but it was. I would have died. I would have written it. Oh my god, that's genius. And then theory four, you definitely killed it with like calling it because my theory four was Doctor Shepard, but I did not call it as soon as you did. I, I called yeah. it on page two seventy one. He goes, I stirred the log fire with my boot. And I was like, with your boot? Did you say with your boot? <laughs> the question is that he's like, what color were the boots? What color were the boots? It was definitely boots. And they were like, yes, it was definitely boots. And I put, no fucking way. Don't you dare tell me it was Dr. Shepard. Oh and then God. a couple pages later, it was him. I wrote, I have a page, or I have a note on 270 that just says, God, he's so dramatic. I still think the doctor did Poirot? It. Yeah, and it's um, when he says... He brings everyone to the to his house, and he's like, the murderer is amongst us. <laughs> he's uh, like, Alyssa, that's how I would investigate. He goes, like, he goes, watch me flex my shit. He goes, Monsieur et Madame, this reunion of mine is at an end. Remember, the truth goes to Inspector Raglan in the morning. You're so fucking dramatic, dude. You literally I, brought everyone to your house uh, just to be like, hey, I know which one of you did it, and I'm gonna tell on you tomorrow. And then he's like, okay, bye. Have a good night. <laughs> what was interesting is that because of that, like, he gave Dr. Shepard a way out, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Shepard didn't take it. Like, I mean, he did. He That's why he commits suicide. He's like... Oh, I mean, you're right, but he could have done it in a different way. Like, he didn't come out and say it. He yeah. let... Poirot be like, fucking tell me it was me. I dare you. Like, say it. Yeah. You're the empire. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the majority. I don't really have any other notes. I think it's just... I, mean, I just have sh- overall thoughts. Yeah, go. Hit me. I put Christ on high, that ending, so sinister, to be killed, the very thing that Mrs. Ferraris took in the beginning, to drift to sleep, to protect yeah. Caroline... To wish Poirot had really retired, fuck you, Agatha Christie. And that's what I put at the end. What was but I your... also have my Goodreads review. I was going to say, I haven't written mine yet, but I'd like to hear yours. Sure. So this was fun, because when I first, when I finished it, I write the review right away, because it's, like, fresh in my head, and I just put, screw you, Agatha. <laughs> so two weeks later, I add to it, because I needed to sit in. And I put, edit. Now that I've had time to process this book and write a proper review, I must admit that I'm disappointed in my investigative skills. True, I suspected the criminal before they were revealed, yet for the life of me I could not figure out how they committed the crime. Don't you hate when the answer is literally staring at you in the face and your brain chooses not to see it? And I meant, like, it's on the cover of the fucking book. <laughs> Christy, as usual... Oh, oh did you not notice God. that? That's, that's how he did it. <laughs> Oh my god. Right? Yeah, I'm pissed. Oh my god! (laughs) Lulls you into a full sense of security with a misdirected narrative. I plan to reread this book with new knowledge and really dig into her writing, which clearly always has a double meaning. Lying by omission is my favorite. And that was my review. I gave it, oh, I gave it five stars. I would give it five stars, too. I thought it was great. Um, I'm very glad that Solomon recommended it. I'm going to pour some wine now, so I'm going to pause talking in case you want to take this out. I'm going to keep this in. Are you kidding? (laughs) Well, I I don't know. I'm just giving you the opportunity. Um, I got to say, though, this is one of the few episodes where I don't have any fun questions for you. I don't. 
either. I don't... Like, I am just so awestruck that I can't even begin to get creative. What's your... Who is your favorite character? Ooh. Um... My default is Shepard, but it's not... That's not because of his character. I liked him because of the narration, and that's not... That's not on him, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ignore that, and I'm gonna say... I actually really loved Caroline. She was annoying <laughs> and a know-it-all, and she's what I, she's like. Her information hoarding is what I aspire to be like. So I, I admired her for that. So I would you know say either funny? Caroline or Flora. I, I would say Flora, um, but you know what's funny is that you said information hoarding of Caroline, and I realized that as annoying as I find Caroline, I would probably be her out of all of the different <laughs> characters. <laughs> I'm good. Which character do you see yourself as? I am a nosy bitch. I want <laughs> all the information about everything at all times. Yeah. And like, it's not like I'm gonna like tell everyone all the info. I, no, just wanna just know. Know. I just want to know. I just want to know. And That's so, exactly Caroline. So I'm okay with that. If she was doing yeah. it to tell other people that she had it, then I'd be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. No. I. I just want to know. So, like, I would probably, I identify more with Caroline, but I like Flora. I thought Flora was, like, Flora struck me as, like, an upstanding person who would stick by you if she felt she had a loyalty to you. Um, And she also isn't afraid to, like, do what has to be done and also follow her heart. And I think that's great. Um, That is something to strive for. So. I actually do have a question. I just thought of one. Yes, go. If you were to continue on with one more chapter of this book, like, what do you think Caroline's reaction would be to her brother's suicide? Like, what do you think, like, tell me what happens with Caroline after. Is it Caroline or Caroline? I'm sorry, I don't understand the difference in the two things you just said. Caroline, Caroline. Oh, I would say Caroline. Okay. What, like, what do you think Caroline. happens with her? Caroline. Caroline? I don't know. Caroline? Um, oh, God. Like, did she, she knew everything. Did she know this? She probably, I don't think she knew this. I think she probably spent some time with Poirot to, she would have talked his ear off. She would have been like, I had no idea, and I just blah, blah, blah. Like, she would have talked Poirot's ear off, and Poirot would have, like, helped her get set up with, like, how she would make her living. Because it, it occurred to me that, like, she probably lives off of Dr. Shepard's income. Mm-hmm. So he probably would have helped... I don't know. I think Poirot would have helped her figure out her next steps, whether it were be were to like find her a job where she could do something that like played to her strengths of like maybe she helps Poirot, but like maybe she I don't know. I that's a good question. I think she she might have even moved. She would have been like I can't I can't be here. Cuz like I like to think if you're the town like, gossip, how I like that. It, but if, like, if you're the town gossip and you don't even know that your brother, who you live with, was a murderer, like, you know. How good of a gossiper are you? You're going to lose your credibility and no one's going to talk to you. Exactly. Mm. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have nothing else to contribute. This was a really good book. Good mystery. I liked it. It was not too long, not too short. Um, mm-hmm. Easy to read. Lots of twists and turns. So that's this month's book. Oh, should we, we should tell them what we're reading next month. Yes, um, I have it. I can read the back. Yes. Um, we are reading We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. This was a recommendation. Well, not really a recommendation. It was. But I'm going to give her credit anyway. Yeah. Was it? I think it I was. See. Well, I mean, she gifted it to you, so. Right. So I think that's an. I think that counts. So funny story about this book. She And she only technically gifted it to me. So this was one of those books that was wrapped up in brown parchment paper and you didn't know what it was when you were buying it. Ah, um, so it was like, it was like for the reader who likes thrillers and psychological trickery. And she was like, yeah, I'm going to get that for Jackie. And oh, it ended up being this book. I and then love six it. months later, we were like, we should do, we have always lived in the castle. So like, I will still give credit to Casey. Okay. Um, here is the back of the book is not anything. Okay. The inside cover. My name book. is Mary Catherine Blackwood. I am 18 years old and I live with my sister, Constance. I have often thought that with any luck at all, I could have been born a werewolf because the two middle fingers on both my hands are the same length, but I have had to be content with what I had. (laughs) I dislike washing myself and dogs and noise. I like my sister Constance and Richard Flantagonet and Amanita Phalloids, the death cup mushroom. Everyone else in my family is dead. And that's the back of the book. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to... Oh, I guess there's more. You'll be wondering about the sugar bowl, I imagine. Is it still in use? You are wondering, has it been cleaned? You may very well ask, was it thoroughly washed? That reminds me of a series of unfortunate events. Um, I know, this book is really creepy. I wish you could see the art, though. It's beautiful. The front is what I imagine is going to be the protagonist, uh, Mary Catherine, um, with a black cat and a bunch of scary looking people and it's all sketched out. I bought the book, I bought this book last week and I think I bought the same, do you, are your pages like that uneven cut pages? Yeah. Then we yeah. have, the, we have the same, um, edition again. So mine's still oh, in my car, perfect. but, um, that'll be good. So yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about this. Um, I've been wanting to watch it on Netflix, but I'm going to hold off until I read the book. Um, there's a Netflix thing. Yeah. Or a show? Um, okay. What's, what's. Alexandra, Alexandria Daddario, she plays yes. one of the sisters. I don't, oh. I don't know if it's a show or if it's a movie, but okay. um, it is on Netflix, and I've been wanting to watch it, and I'm, in, I've been holding off because I knew we were going to read this book. We picked this, we got this book back in like January, and we were like, we yeah. should read this, and then we were like, but we just did Dead Girls Club. We didn't want to, mm-hmm. we like wanted to push it off a little bit, um, so. So we're reading We Have Always Lived in the Castle, so pick up your copies yes. and read them. Um, also, um, my parents and I are reading White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. So, so um, if you are looking for Black Lives Matter um, reading content or anything like that, um, I think that is pretty universally accepted as a really good place to start. There is a list of um, books for those of you who are interested in learning more about the movement that is on our website um and i would encourage you guys to do what i am doing with my parents which is we're reading one or two chapters at a time and then um every two weeks or so we're hopping on a video call and we're talking about what we read and we're having discussions about it because there's no way to really 
I think that's a good way to keep each other accountable for um, actually changing behaviors and understanding the things that you're reading. And um, clearly we've had a couple things come up in the last two two to three weeks that um, have prevented us from actually starting our little book club, but we all have the book. We're all starting to read it and we are hopefully going to be doing our first um, conversation on that this week. Um, it's important. I think Jackie and I talked about this, that it's activism is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Mm -hmm. And so of course you can't just throw away the rest of your life to, uh, focus only on being an activist for black lives matter or for the pandemic or for, you know, the other billion things that are happening in life right now. But if you can incorporate it into your everyday life and you can do something small to educate yourself and to, change the minds and hearts of those people around you. I think that's a really great way for us to be active in the movement without, um, particularly for those who aren't comfortable going out and protesting. Um, because I think it takes a very specific type of person to protest. Um, and it's very admirable if you are comfortable doing it, but, um, people come in all shapes and sizes and different comfort levels. So if you can find small ways to be a part of the, the conversation, um, and the movement itself, um, good on you and we're proud of you. Yes. So. My therapist said the same thing. I, I was talking, I was talking to her about how I was feeling guilty because I, the three times I had planned to go to the protest, it was either canceled, rained out, or I had to do Navy stuff. Um, and I was like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And she was like, listen, like we all have different capabilities of how we want to run our lives. And if people want to dedicate their whole life to activism, awesome. If you want to incorporate it in your day-to-day -day life as you do your career, also awesome. If you want to hold your friends accountable every once in a while, also awesome. Like we all have different capabilities and we're all, we all have different limitations. And as long as you're doing what you can do with your own capabilities, that is good. Yep. Exactly. So that is and on that note, read between the vines. Um, check us out on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and we are also on Patreon. Uh, like we said, check out the website. We've got some updates for you. Lots of fun pictures and other stuff. Also, <laughs> I'm really behind on social media, so please don't judge me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're really glad that you're still here and still listening after a year and a half. This is like our year and a half mark, um, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, so we've done 18 books now. We're moving into our 19th. Mm -hmm. um, God, we've done so much. It's gone so fast. Well, I know. I know. It's crazy. So um, we'll see you soon for a special episode on Black Poets and then again for a lyrics episode um, and then for We Have Always Lived in the Castle. So, we'll see That's you soon. That's the schedule. Yeah. And we'll see you soon. Okay. Yeet. All right. Oh. Ah! <laughs> I, I have to pee so bad, you have no idea. Okay, I'm going to go pee. Hold on. I was, um, I was talking to... 
um, I went to Barnes and Noble with a friend to pick up the book and I was like, they were like, oh, that's a weekend read. I was like, this is like an evening read. Like this is, and they were like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that I find that's happening. Casey and I read Gone Girl together the past mm-hmm. month, and she, I read faster than her, but she reads more often. Mm. So she would like read for five hours straight, and I would read for two hours, and we'd end up at the same place. Mm. And she'd be like, "I don't fucking understand how." You, like you and I probably read similar speeds. Yeah, but you are yeah, a fast it's... reader, though. I will admit, you. I actually think you might read a little bit faster than I do. Like, if you and I were to sit down with that book at the same time, you would, and, like, just read until we were done, I think you would finish first, but... I think it's because in elementary school, they had, I don't know, like, what they were drilling us for, or if they were testing us, but they would test us with how fast we would read. They would give us a book, and we have to read it out loud as quickly as we can without messing up, and every time you mess up, they would deduct points. So, like... I learned to read quickly without mistakes and comprehend it because then you had to take a quiz after. Interesting. I don't know why the fuck they were doing that, but now I read fast. I like reading out loud. I'm, um, I don't know if this was like, I don't know if your school did this, but we always, we, like on days that my teacher didn't really feel like teaching, we would like read whatever we were supposed to be reading as a class and we would take turns. We would play popcorn and like read out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the kid that, like, I really liked reading out loud, and I was really good at it, so people would always, like, pass it to me and be like, Chrissy, read, and I would read for a little while, and the only reason I would ever pass it off was because I feel like I was reading for too long, and I'd pass it to someone else, and then they'd pass it back to me. <laughs> you have to have, like, the right pauses and the right inflections, yeah. and if there's a question, make it a question. And I, I really like reading out loud. That's, like, like, if I'm home alone, I will read out loud to myself, just because, like, it helps me understand the story better, too. It takes longer, though, because I can read much faster than I can, like, speak. Speak, yeah. So, um, re- like, reading things out loud it takes longer, but it's I also understand it more, and it helps me, like, immerse myself a little bit more. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. 